John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the You Up podcast. It's your host, Nikki Glazer. How you doing this Friday? Uh, we were off the uh, Sirius XM show this week. We had a vacation because um, Noah, my producer said she needed a break at some point coming up because that's what people do and I'm so grateful for it because I needed a break so bad and um so it's been nice to be off radio but it's also been um hard because I don't get to like wake up in the morning and just spill my feelings so I've been crying a lot this week gotta be honest with y'all and uh but it's been I've been able to sleep in which has been great and I'm coming at you now from what tunnel is this? I'm here with Andrew Collin in the backseat of a car. We're headed to New Jersey to I'm at uh, the Stress Factory, apropos name, um, all weekend, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday in New Jersey. So if you live in New Jersey, come see me, please. And um, we're headed. What tunnel is this? I don't know tunnels. The Holland Tunnel. Thank you, driver. Yeah, the Holland Tunnel named after Ron Holland. Is that tell us a little bit about him? I, obviously, you know a lot about the history of the of New York City and um, well, its tunnel systems. Even though you didn't know which tunnel this was, but apparently now you have all the knowledge. So keep going. Well, um, not many people know this, but a tunnel is under the water, <laughs> right? I, yeah, as opposed to above ground, like a bridge. You go; it's the opposite of a bridge. If anything, it's a, a non-bridge or a. a how do you say it? a tunnel and so what it does is what they do is they put in concrete in the water and um the fish don't really like it that much <laughs> even though it builds a home for the fish because coral will be attached to the tunnel which <laughs> wait yeah. so the fish ultimately don't know what's good for them because what is good for them is a giant tu- the tunnel b- brings concrete to their neighborhood which then brings coral which raises rents, which <laughs> kicks out a lot of fish that were here before, but better, more rich, good-looking fish end up in there. Well, can you tell us about the music that's playing? I don't know if people on the podcast listening uh, can hear, but there's, like, a, a song. Like, what was happening? Did I, you get it? I saw you, like, taping it. No, I wasn't taping it. It was just literally driving me insane. Some guy's playing reggaeton, and... Uh, and we're in a tunnel, so it's just echoing through the tunnel, um, this is a, a the this is the worst thing to happen in a tunnel since Princess Diana died. Is this reggaeton <laughs> echoing through? <laughs> Listen, I'm practicing right now. I know. I want to get Diana'd right now. Um, <laughs> uh, freaking, what are you practicing for? Oh, you can't say. Oh yeah, I can say. I just found out that I'm gonna be doing the roast of Alec Baldwin on Comedy Central. Uh, that and uh, it's so exciting. But I don't have a ton of time, and so I just found this out a couple hours ago. So I'm like, Andrew and I are just trying to think of roast jokes in the back of this car. You've been writing a ton. Yeah, a tunnel, um, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, we got a couple here. Should we try them? Should we already get started? Let's. Well, yeah, let's hear what you have to say. I think this is fun. People can see a part of the process. Uh, I'm already certain I'm probably not going to use a couple of these, but there was one, which it is. I only end up using ten, and literally. When my friends write for me for these things, they submit 
I get submitted hundreds of jokes because I always solicit jokes from my friends who are writers who and comedians who, you know, can make a couple bucks doing it. I used to write for my friends for the roasts. It's a thing you do, especially when you're busy like me and you don't have time to write jokes. So anyway, um, Andrew's already getting started. And I think there's one here that has potential. But okay, we've got five jokes. Let's let's pitch. So um, the people that have been announced on the dais are... It doesn't even matter because these are all jokes about Blake Griffin. All you need to know is that Blake Griffin, basketball player, hot guy, he's been on the roast roast battle before. He's, like, good at roasting. So um, here we go. Andrew Collin, Blake Griffin, roast jokes. Mind you, this is all first draft. Yeah, I mean, he just thought of these, and this is not easy to do. So let's cut him some slack right out of the gate. (laughs) All right, Blake Griffin is every girl's dream. He's tall, dark, orange, and gruesome. I meant nightmare. Blake Blake Griffin. Wait, oh. let's let's talk about that one. Okay. Okay. My initial thing is like I think there's there's a joke to be had about Blake Griffin. He's tall, dark and something like gruesome. making gruesome doesn't make any sense to me. What does that mean? Like it's a playoff handsome. Like you Oh, you didn't say it more. You need to be like tall, dark and yeah, I don't think of handsome. I don't think of those yeah. connecting. But maybe I'm just like kind of out well, of it. Orange, I thought orange would then lead to gruesome because orange is disgusting. Most Tall, orange, and gruesome. Yeah, I thought it's that, too. It's I too much dark. of a yeah. no. You go. You got to have tall, dark. Um, okay, and then but I do like the he's tall, dark, and something. That's funny. And then or and saying tall, of dark my and orange. What? Tall, dark, and orange. I'm yeah, but that doesn't yeah. mean. But and I'm and saying that he's a man of my dreams, and then saying I mean my nightmare is yeah. just it's not strong enough. But there might be something in the tall dark and and something. So that that is not a lost effort. Let's continue. Say tall, light, light dark, light skinned, and I don't know. Okay, so then Blake Griffin thinks he's funny because he's tall, and pathetic guys like Jeff Ross suck his dick standing on their tippy toes. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of a lot elements of here. Probably too many. No, it's just like we. C- I think the tippy toes thing, which you pitched to me earlier, which was, um, I want to suck Blake Griffin's dick because I've never done that standing on my tippy toes, yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, it's fine. I think that's like all it needs to be. So adding it onto the Jeff Ross sucking his dick joke, um, but and then there's also something about tall hot guys thinking they're funny. So sh- yeah, that'll yeah. D- that'll definitely be an angle I take with him. Next up. Uh. Yeah, Blake Griffin, you're a comic like I'm an NBA player. Just imagine this. Imagine being a successful comic. You played basketball in high school, and because you were so famous in comedy, you think you could play in the NBA, okay? Now imagine being as fat and ugly as Jeff Ross. (laughs) Jeff, you're disgusting. I love it. Great misdirection. It just becomes absurd. Yeah. Just asking the audience. Because you think I'm going to say, now, you know, it's good. That, that's the one that I see the most potential for. And the tippy toes. It's just a little long. Usually you have shorter jokes, but when you do it, it's like right cut to the chase. But, yeah. Uh, then no, these are good. I'm impressed already. Blake. Hold on. Let me make sure it's still recording. Okay. Blake Griffin's dad is black. His mom is white. And his pubes are orange and smell. And smell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else. And- well, I was going to say disgusting again, but I already used disgusting on the last joke. Yeah. But. His dad, he's mixed, right? Yeah. Okay, that there's, there's a, the word mixed, I'm probably going to work with and try to f- figure out, like, something else. I liked, the, earlier we were talking about how he deals with rims, 
because yeah. he's a basketball star and how say, rimming yeah. is something I would like to have done to me by him. Yeah. Or Blake Griffin is seven feet. He plays above the rim and below the pussy. He doesn't fuck good. <laughs> like the idea yeah. that like, he's stuck in between your like the Grundle area. Like he doesn't. Yeah. I don't Taint. Know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little. It's a stretch. It's painted. It's a stretch. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks, man. Yeah, these are fun. Yeah, that's so good. People are like, he can't write at all. These were literally two minutes just jotting. Yeah, this just jotting, man. He just sat there and jotted for a couple minutes. No, I'm totally impressed. I've always said you could write. Who says you can't write? My dad. I think it's the voice inside your head, dude. Hello. Who says you can't write? Legit. Who said, no, who said that? People used to say I was just a storyteller and that I didn't write tight jokes. And then I was like, okay. Well, that's just not true. One person who said that to you? No, there's been a few. But when I started, I did do a lot of meandering a little bit, so it's fine. A lot of meandering a little bit? I can't write. I wrote that down, too. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling about our shows in New Jersey this week? It's weird. It's always weird when we drive to our shows from home because we're not flying somewhere. It doesn't feel like we're on the road. It it, it doesn't... I don't know if it's more stress inducing or less but i don't i don't feel that stressed i'm more stressed about the other thing this weekend what's oh yeah you have an audition at the comedy cellar are you stressed about that you really are i'm not like stressed i'm trying not to overthink it i'm trying not to put it on a pedestal at all but there's like a little thing of like oh god i don't want to fucking bomb and i am like just like that room is great people have bombed you know that right so you even if you do that doesn't mean anything um, but also you can't control it that much. You got to let go a little bit. You can only be as prepared as you're going to be and you will be prepared. You're giving it a lot of thought. You know, something I heard this week is that worry is not preparation. It was some kind of quote about that. Like worrying is not prep. Yeah. So like, and, and I thought I found that pretty pro- profound because you feel like when you worry, you're actually giving it thought and you're uh, obsessing over something is different than like working on it. So No, that's a great advice. And that is really how I do feel. And I, I trust me, before Zoloft, if this was two years ago, I would, I'd be already running over exactly word for word how I would fail by the minute and what, how she wouldn't talk to. I, w- I would just think the worst completely and it would ruminate until I did. Who is she? Uh, the, the booker, Esty. Yes. Okay, so he's auditioning for the Comedy Cellar and... It's going to happen this Sunday at the brunch comedy show. And so Esty is the woman who decides who makes it and who does not. And uh, she's going to watch his set. And she's going to love you. I just know it. I already know it. So you don't even have to. I'm like 98% sure things will go exactly the way you want them to. It just does kind of, The only thing that does suck about it is that, well, you're on a stage you've ne- I've never been on. It's a stage that you've put uh, as the number one comedy room in the world for your whole for the last nine years that I've been doing this and you only have five minutes and you go in between bigger comics that all have huge credits now I have a little bit of a credit now but I'm just saying like all those things it's like when you do late night and you have one shot I mean I wish it was almost judged over like three (laughs) you know what I mean like you knew you had like three sets of five minutes or whatever but yeah uh, yeah. but that's also why comedy is great because it just you don't get to obsess over oh th- uh, no I want to use that one and not that one it's just like you do it and then you're done and then it's it is what it is and honestly people have 
had bad auditions there and still gotten passed later. It's, there's always a yeah. second chance. Yeah. It's not everything's not riding on this, but I get it, dude. I get it. I when I got passed, I was luckily. Um, I showed up like to hang out with Amy Schumer. She was passed there at the time. It was two thousand nine, maybe. T- yeah, nine or ten, and um, I showed up just to hang out late. And I was fucking drunk. I came from like an open mic or something. I was drunk. I was at the bar, and um, Amy just came up and was like, "Yeah, you're gonna audition." And I just had to throw it together in like a second at the bar. I remember sitting there with my notes and like just going over everything, stressing out. And I was too drunk. Like I was. It wasn't like drunk, yeah. confident Nikki drunk. It was drunk. Like, oh no, I didn't plan for this tonight. I drank too much. And thank God it went well, and it was like great. And I like cried and everything after I got passed. It was so fun. So you'll feel all those things. I mean, well, but there's no right way to go about this. Like, no. But there is something to like. If if I was just hanging out with you one night, like I do all the time, and we just eat, and like one night you were just like, oh, you want to just, you're gonna jump up real quick. I bet you I would have. I'd be. You'd do better. I would be even more loose. I don't like when things, preparation. Yeah, I hate preparation. H. I need that. Well, no, you say that it doesn't work as good as what is the other thing you use? Everybody, if you have asshole troubles, I, I would. This is the only thing, only, uh, only, the only thing that I believe in in my whole life. Wreck the care. <laughs> the only thing you believe in. And what about the golden rule? You know, what about something as simple as that? Okay, wreck the care. So. This is not an ad, by the way. It's not even close to an ad. This is a religion. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. It it wrecked the care. Uh, My life was wrecked until the care from my (laughs) recta. I'm telling you, go out there. If you have any asshole troubles, throw wrecked the care on. I swear to you, you it will change your life. All right. Well, that was a great little detour. Um, And uh, what else has been going on for you? I mean, we've been off radio this week. I felt so crazy not working as much. I can't stand it. But it's also given me a chance to fill my life with other things that aren't work that have been satisfying. And um, I didn't work out today, which was felt good, even though I'm stressed out about it. Do you ever feel that way when you skip a workout day? A month? <laughs> I've, I actually have skipped a lot, and I ate like shit the last two weeks, and... I don't, I feel There's like- times in my life where I go for weeks without working out, and I, re- I really do. And then there, it's either all or nothing, though. I can't do this. If I take a day off in the middle of a time in my life where I'm working out every day, I feel, like, so guilty. Whereas when I'm just not working out, I don't even think to even work out one day because I'm like, what's one? It's almost like have one, having one glass of wine. What's the point of that? I either have to have all the wine or nothing at all. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I I do that constantly. I'll, I'll or I'll I'll do it all. I'll work out four days a week. I'll get in shape. I'll just start seeing my abs. I'll see like three abs, and I'll feel great and I'll feel so confident. And then I'll take that and then I'll start eating horribly because you deserve it. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, I just went into that. Uh, we were shopping earlier today, and I brought a bunch of things into it you know the best way to get me to not buy something at your store is for me to try it on at your store it's I'm uncomfortable in the dressing room it's bad lighting I always have a handful of things to get and 
um, that I'm like, I could just buy these. I'm going to try them on, but I'm probably going to get them. I, I could just get them and just try. Usually I buy things without trying them on. I hate trying things on a store because I always, it's a bad experience. But today I, I had like five things. I needed to try them on. I did. And I was just like, whatever you're doing, it's not working. It's not, you don't look like you think you want to look. You don't look the way, this isn't making you happy. So just don't work out today because it hasn't been, like, I don't feel good and I've been working out every day. So I'm, I'm taking a day off. I love the idea of you bringing in your own mirror and lighting. Into it's not even, I don't want to know. That's why the thing is I don't want tricks. I don't want yeah. good lighting. I don't want a, a skinny mirror. I want to know the truth. But, but a bad I also just don't, I'd rather not even look at the truth. Again, it's all or nothing. I either want to not see myself or I want to see the real me. Yeah, but I think a bad mirror can also go the other way. Well, Where it's you, fake. Yeah, well, it, it is fake. Cause you yeah, it's look like a worse. bad filter. Yeah, it's a bad filter. So, I don't know. I don't know why dressing rooms, a lot of them, a lot of them, if it's a fancy place, they usually, I mean, that's the only thing that they should have to think about. You know what I mean? Like, It's honestly, if I was worked in retail, if you're listening and you work in retail, why do your dressing rooms have bad lighting? You will sell so much more shit if you have good vanity lighting up in that bitch. And that goes the same for comedy clubs. When you have um, people taking pictures after the show with comedians, good lighting spreads the word because you look hot in the pictures and then you spread the word about things. Like I always tell comedy clubs, have good photographers take pictures of the comedians because if you look good in a picture, you're going to put it on your Instagram. Also, I think there should be like a recording that like when you look in the mirror, some like sassy like maybe black woman or like some strong person is like you look good bitch like tells you like reaffirms that you look great i don't need that fake voice recording telling me i look good <laughs> that would be i would be furious about that i'd rather get i'd rather try and close at a hollister you know where you have to like change in front of the men too um what's going on with you how's how are you feeling about your tattoo oh, I got your it. puddles tattoo so I got a Puddles tattoo because of my... Because he has a podcast called Puddles with Andrew Collin. Yes. Perfect. You could just say Puddles at this point, actually. That might be easier for you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, yeah. like... Um, so I got this Puddles tattoo. I've never had a tattoo. I'm 39. Uh, one girl wrote me saying that I make make her horny and that I put that she puddled in her panties so I decide to make it permanent on my arm and write puddles a puddle that will never dry is what I've been telling people oh, nice. and um yeah I'm Jewish apparently I can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery but did you look into the rules on that specifically do you know for sure well now I've I've heard that they could just cut the skin off that where it is ew I mean <laughs> you're dead I mean, yeah, but why do you, if you're dead, why do you even care about getting buried in a Jewish cemetery? I mean, like... I don't. You can throw me behind a pizza hut. Okay. Or you can... Yeah, also, You have to have a tattoo to be... A face tattoo to get buried behind a pizza hut. That is true. <laughs> yeah, you need <laughs> ten... Demands. Pepper. Yeah. You need nine pepperonis on your face. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> do you know that Luigi was discovered behind a pizza hut? Yeah. Okay, so you weren't just, like... My dog Luigi was found behind a pizza hut, for all of you who might care. I also think, like, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to get buried with Jews. And now as an adult, I'm just like, you know, why would I want to be only around Jewish people now? Oh, don't do this bit. Don't do it. I'm not uh, you're, you're easing into a I'm bit not. where he – What do you want to do it for no. – No. You don't want to do it? You almost went into it. You got so close, dude. You got so close. 
Oh, man. He was about to run a bit on us that he thought I didn't hear last weekend. And I did hear it. And you were going to run it. Oh, my God. Just do it. No, I'm not going to do it now. This is the worst you... ever. Okay. But anyways. So, yeah. So, I got the tattoo. and uh... How do you feel about it now? Like, every time you look at it, what's your... Like, I don't understand what it's like to have something permanent on you that you're just like, now this is me. Like, what what does it feel like? I don't know. I still feel kind of detached from the whole thing. Like, I don't feel like it's like... uh, Have you talked to your mom about it? I did, and she was really chill about it. She's like, I guess I... I I mean, I tricked you for 40 years. That's what she said. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah, and but a woman did show me a poodle. So apparently it looks like poodle on my arm. Which I walked as a dog walker. Yeah, two poodles. I mean, it's so funny that it looks it looks like it says poodles. And you use... Literally, if I type in poodles in my phone, in my text, and search poodles, it would all be your text to me being like, I gotta walk the poodles. And I'm like, hey, wanna come over and hang out? Gotta walk the poodles. The poodles, like, you've texted poodles to me probably hundreds of times. So for that, for the thing to put on your arm to accidentally look like it says your old job was is so coincidentally hilarious. It's also very funny. It's ironic. It is ironic. Also, if uh, comedy doesn't work out, my podcast doesn't work out, and I go back to walking poodles, every day I'll have to fucking see this thing and want to kill myself. That's going to be with you forever. That's crazy. Yeah, but you know what? Unless you get your arm bitten off by something. By a poodle? Yeah. Poodles don't bite. Actually, poodles bite, but they can't bite an arm off. I'd have to be a shark. And, you know, I mean, look... Apparently that there's all these Jews in Israel all have tattoos. It's not like a thing. Yeah, I want to get my ears pierced like a ton. I also want to maybe get my nose pierced. I just want to really like decorate my head um, to draw attention away from the fact that I'm aging. Yeah, but a nose pierce would draw to your face. No, well, maybe, yeah, but... I also think I have a pretty great nose, even though it's pretty big. Yeah, no, it's a good nose. It tents your head. It's tense my head? Yeah, yeah that's what I said earlier. Yeah. We were talking about how uh, noses and ears get bigger. I have tiny, tiny ears, so these bitches can grow forever, and I'll be fine with it. But my nose is already pretty big, and I'm okay with getting bigger because if you've heard me talk about nose jobs at all, you've heard me say that if they, when they take down your nose, if you have a big nose and they take it down... It's like a tent pole for the skin on your face. So then your skin around your nose falls down and then your whole face changes. It's not just your nose. Your whole face is affected by your tent pole nose. So I want mine to get bigger so it pulls up my skin. That's smart. I also won't go skydiving because I don't want to stretch out the skin on my face. I mean, that's ridiculous that you think one time would do that. I'm Listen. skydiving. Look at me. Yeah. Okay. Well, you also get to grow a beard and I don't. I can't wait. Someday. I'll be so old. I'll have chin hairs that are just, like, so long. And I'll have birds. And birds will be my best friend. And they'll love me no matter what. You act like that's not your life right now. No. I don't have birds, like, on me. Yeah, you in your backyard, you no, have a robin. They, I know. Baby. I'm obsessed with that robin and her babies. But she doesn't, like, come over and talk to me. And, like... I was thinking about that, too, by the way. Like, they're very cute birds. You know, the robin. And it's, it's like, a little bit of red. And it's... And you don't give a fuck about pigeons. I do like pigeons, but I haven't watched pigeons, like, grow. I love pigeons. I talk to them all the time. Okay, but would you, if the pigeons were in a nest, would you have cared? Yes. Yes. If I would have seen them from the get-go and I saw the mom bird, like, be sweet and, like, feed them. Yeah, I felt connected to those birds. 
Robins, I don't give a fuck about them when I see a robin on the street. These were like robins that I was... It wasn't... A robin isn't like a that cute of a bird, by the way. But the babies were no so cute. It's no cardinal or blue jay, which are probably the best looking birds out there. No. Oh, my God. If you want to talk birds, you got to look at the Quaker. Quaker parrots are the cutest goddamn birds. But that's not like a... They're so cute, but are they're they not in the wild, though. Yeah, I mean, all these birds are pulled from the wild. Oh, I mean, it's they're maybe exotic, but Quaker parrots are so cute. Yeah. Oh my, look at it. The monk parakeet. The monk parakeets. And then there's little baby lovebirds are always so beautiful, but they don't give a fuck about you. Lovebirds just want to chill with each other. They're very codependent. I want birds that like like you. I feel like I'm very connected to the woodpecker because he just hits his head all day because he has so much like. Yeah, or is he looking for a worm in there? What is he doing? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think they're poking holes to like build a nest, but also to like get grubs out of the wood. I just think he's stressed. You think it's stress? Yeah. Yeah, How are you getting your anger out now that you're not boxing? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I need to do something. I I felt kind of depressed last few days. Yeah, what's um so have I. What what do you do for your depression? What have you done for it? I hung out with friends. That was fun. I met uh, your family. <laughs> oh yeah, we went to dinner with my aunt and my uncle. I brought Andrew and Anya Marina with me and it was really uh awesome to have them there because I just first of all, I like showing off my funny friends. They're interesting. They always kill it with people. And it's a little bit of a buffer when you have to go to dinner with your aunt and uncle who you don't see that often. And I don't want to talk that much. No, it's smart. It worked. You actually left 20 minutes. That was unfortunate. I didn't mean to leave you guys with them. But yeah, Andrew and Anya ended up having dinner with Peggy and Dennis. (laughs) And I went and did my set. It was ridiculous. But the pasta was incredible. And I had a good time. I mean, I like drunk, you know, rich people. (laughs) nailed it nailed it um all right well we got to go do our shows in new jersey and we're going to continue with this podcast what jake owen right there jake owen what he's on the billboard oh yeah jake owen uh andrew's friend and country music uh celebrity star jake owen is coming to the ocean casino resort september 21st if you're in the area and andrew's taking a picture of the billboard right now so he can send it to jake owen his personal friend who he asked to do a theme song for his podcast for, and then Jake never wrote back to that. Yeah, he's, he uh, he was caught up uh, not talking to me. But then, but then you guys have since talked. Yeah, yeah. He just ignored that question. Yeah, he ignored. Yeah, I would too. Good, good call, Jake Owen. <laughs> good call. We're back. It's uh, it is now the next day from when you heard me last. Um, last, I was. I'm, I'm sharing this with the people who are now on the podcast. Anya Marina and Alex Edelman. Welcome to part two of this podcast I'm putting together because there's no show there's no radio show this week so I'm not like introing and outroing clips it's just me talking and um and I'm in my living room now with Anya Marina hey babe I'm so curious how it feels to not be working because you're a worker bee but we'll get to that later thank you for that um topic prompt that I needed because I literally just got started on this podcast without any kind of agenda. And then uh, on the right side of me on my couch inside my living room is Alex Edelman, comedian, writer, actor. Do you act? A little bit, but I think the, but 
By the way, I have been with Nikki before we started hanging out, and she was working. I walked in, and she was on a laptop in a baseball hat, a black baseball hat, the working person's baseball hat. Oh, my God. When I wear a black baseball hat, I can do anything. It, it makes me feel like – it makes me feel famous because you look like you're clandestine, and it makes you feel, like, invisible to the world. Like, that girl's, like, maybe in the Secret Service. But it really does – when I put on my hat, I feel like I love wearing a black baseball hat. If I really recommend girls getting black baseball caps. There's something about it that I wish I would have adopted sooner. I love it. I feel like hidden. And you can and it's a great way to like not have to deal with your fucking hair, you know? Yes. You can just throw on a hat and you look cool. So I do recommend those and as always the thing that makes you look the coolest uh, in the world, sunglasses. And then you put those together and no one's fucking with you. This was all in your apartment? No, I was I wasn't wearing sunglasses in my apartment, but I was out on my porch. And by the way, Alex Edelman, thank you for that um work plug but i was just on my laptop like if you have a laptop open in front of you it looks like you're doing work yes. you know yes a hundred percent but i got there and you were on a google doc you're you're you had all the staples of work unless okay. you're unless you're google docking i love how you're you're like yeah no I'm, I'm relaxing i'm relaxing i'm in my i'm in the lighter google doc i'm not it's not a google hangout with various, <laughs> with various i was inside a google doc that's a good point um yeah, so Alex Edelman is here. We're all just like hanging out. It's um, Friday afternoon. I didn't have radio at all this week. I generally wouldn't even have it on Fridays, so this is typical. But it's also atypical because usually I'm on the road in somewhere. But this weekend I'm just in New Jersey, so I'm uh, commuting at night to the shows. And I get to be in my apartment during the day. I have a question. You have a question, Alex Edelman. Yes. We went to a Starbucks, but I noticed that we also passed a Starbucks on our way to the other Starbucks. We did? I think so. Didn't There's we? no way we did. I know um, where each Starbucks is, and I would never, if, <laughs> yeah, I I know all of them in that are close to me, and we that didn't pass one. Okay, that, that I'm sorry, I I I misspeak. Can you edit? Can you edit this out? You um, my obsession with Starbucks is embarrassing, but it's it's real, and I'm about to give up on them. But I digress. I didn't work this week on my radio show. I'm not doing radio. Usually on Fridays, I would be doing morning radio all fucking morning long in whatever market I'm in. And I didn't do that this morning. Um, I just got to hang out with my friends, get a little writing done. It feels good. But no, not doing a radio show every morning. I feel insane because it's a way for me to dump a bunch of stuff, I realize. Like it's almost like therapeutic to do a radio show every day. It's like doing morning pages. Right. If you do the artist way. Have you done the artist way before, Anya? I have. I used to be in a good role with it, and now I do it once in a while. And you know what I've started doing? I, Can you tell my listeners what the artist way is? It's a book written by Julia Cameron, which I did not get through, but people find a lot of uh, wisdom. <laughs> I got into Maria Bamford when I was younger, and she always talked about the morning page. Comedian. Yes, Maria. comedian Maria Bamford is a genius. And she talked about how that really freed her up. So you wake up every morning and the first thing you do after, you know, obviously go to the bathroom and brush your teeth and make your bed or whatever. First thing before you turn on your phone or anything is you write for 10 minutes, unedited, uncensored. And then you tear it up. Oh, her book didn't tell me to tear it up. Yeah. Which book? The Artist Way. Oh, I thought you were supposed to tear it up. (laughs) What did you say? I said, I thought you tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) No, you scribble out whatever comes to your mind. It could be like, I don't know what I'm writing right now. I don't know what to say. I don't even know what I'm thinking. You're just supposed to just free write. I I don't remember tearing it up, but that actually is a good idea. 
Yeah, maybe a friend of mine told me that she does that to destroy it and like change the energy, but I don't destroy it. Um, sometimes I'll tear it up, but I just have it in a notebook that is kind of a garbagey notebook that I don't mind writing stuff in. But it really does work. It just gets out like... Yeah, creatively it's supposed to just like get out all the garbage so the water in your head can be clear for like good creativity to come through so it's just supposed to but I think that's what radio does for me is like it's like a dump every morning of all my thoughts but that's also what meditation is it's like when you sit with your thoughts and you acknowledge your thoughts and you think about them you're able to do a little bit of inventory and get rid of I the love, thoughts I love how you're like this thing that I broadcast live to millions of people it's exactly like therapy where you sit by yourself and you're in our, in our mindful dude I go to therapy after radio every Monday and it's the I have the same I share the same things. There's no difference between how I talk to my therapist and how I talk on the radio. And there should be. My therapist came to see me do comedy, and I was like, I wonder how this is. And 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 the next week I said, Do you have anything to like say off of that? And he was like, I have a bunch, but my number one question is, how come you never talk about your interpersonal relationships on stage? And I was like. Because that's important to me. Like it's, it's so you have a uh, you have boundaries. Yeah, I've been, I have a lot of boundaries on stage. But maybe it'd be better if I didn't. Maybe it'd be better if I didn't. Well, you're still. How long have you been doing comedy? Ten years. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you'll get into it because you'll eventually explore all that's to be said. Like, you'll you'll feel compelled to do it because you'll do enough work on yourself that you feel comfortable with it. Or maybe not. Maybe you'll never get there. But you seem to be doing fine with what you're talking about on stage. I mean, yeah, but my stuff is so specific. Like, like I, I'm doing a joke about the gorilla that met Robin Williams, and right. the joke, like, and when Robin Williams died, they told the gorilla that you know that he had died, and the gorilla was like, "Coco, friend, Coco, sad." And the joke is basically like, "Why'd they have to tell the gorilla? Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Like, how good it, how good was Robin Williams at comedy that even gorillas were like, this motherfucker is amazing." Yeah, and like. I, I did that joke and when I came up with it I was so smug and I came off stage and a comedian friend of mine from England Alfie Brown was like to be fair that gorilla does get Rolling Stone and it was on the cover the really? next week and so no but that that's how you wouldn't want him to find out that way <laughs> I don't know I'm just thinking of a way that I was trying to work on your give you tags but like the, like to be like they had to tell him because and by the way, like, it's not like Robin was coming to clean his cage every day and he would have been like, where's Robin? Coco wonder where Robin that's is. That's what I said. I was like, he doesn't, he's not going to see it on CNN or anything like that. I was oh, like, yeah. it's like they walk in and they tell him, they're like, hi, Coco, could you put down the banana? We have some like really bad it's news. It's hilarious. And then Coco's like, oh man, but like Prince is fine, right? And they're like, oh my God. Oh, like, no, dude. you're aware of Prince? <laughs> yeah. God, we shouldn't have worked this hard with you. This is, <laughs> the, the fallout from this is us having to. No, but someone was like my 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 buddy was like why won't you talk about who you are instead of like shit you'd find on like the fourth page of a newspaper and i was like that's a good question that's well like, a good question. can i ask you this you're really good friends with gary goleman who used to i feel like most of his act was the same kind of thing like observational um really well-written jokes about things that weren't that personal and now if food, um, it, like stores, like just ob like things like no, I used to say that Gary Goldman, like, um, what did I used to say about him? Like he just every, he gets everything out of a joke, you know, like he uses he every part. It out, like Anya Marina has to leave. Where, Bye Anya Marina. Where are you going? I have to go to yoga and take care of myself, but I really love you guys. And thanks for listening. Yes. Bye Anya Marina. Alex Edelman is hugging her. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, She's running off with a sports bra. 
She's borrowed. She's borrowed a sports bra. Nikki never lets me borrow a sports bra. You can go through the drawer and pick one out. On that, you can leave with a parting gift of that. That's what everyone leaves with. We have to go. I'm going to take a nap. Alex, what are you going to do with your day? I'm going to go see Ani Marina uh, at. I'm going to go see Ani Marina tonight. Uh, do do a song and a story somewhere because I don't have to travel till Monday, and I just did a show. I did a long hour last night, so I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm not going to do anything. Well, I'm going to go take a nap, and then I'm going to go do my shows in New Jersey at the Stress Factory. If you live in New Jersey, come see me. If you have friends in New Jersey, come see me this weekend. Stress Factory. Uh, Jackpot. Oh, you said it too. Jackpot. (laughs) Alex Edelman, everyone. All right. This is part three or two of the You Up podcast. Can't decide yet, but uh, we're back. I'm in the backs of a car with Andrew Collin on the way to our shows in New Jersey. It's Friday night. It's about to be Friday night. Still bright as hell outside. Just turned off my seat warmer. It's a little chilly, and instead of turning off the AC, I just, like, put on the seat warmer. That's like when you, like, are cold, and so you open a window instead of just turning down the AC. Like a real piece of shit. Not that I've ever done that. Sorry if you're listening, Dad. My dad hates wasteful energy. You do too, though. If I take a shower longer than three minutes, you lose your mind. It's not about water, though. It's not about water conservation. It kind of is. It's it's very wasteful to just stand beneath the water and just knowing that there's, like, a water shortage in the world. I don't know. It just feels... You don't ever feel bad about it? I remember the 90s spending all the time... Letting the water run because yeah. it would just always be there. But, like, now... I'm just filled with guilt when I waste any kind of energy or, like, thing. Do you think, though, like, a shower, a 10-minute shower as opposed to a 4-minute shower, I guess if you add that all up, it makes a big difference, you think? I'm taking 90-second showers. I mean, yeah. Someone's dirty when they get out of the shower. Not pointing fingers, but... I wipe down my puss so good and the back, like, real good armpits the rest of it my hair I wash you know I this is if I'm not washing my hair the rest is just like water runs on you and then it's like you're fine you don't need to scrub your body with soap every time it just seems ridiculous to me I just find that the shower is meditative and that I can think and I and I I run through bits and I do fake uh, interviews sometimes with Letterman Oh my god, I would kill to see your private recordings in the shower. Like, the way... Catching you looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself in the mirror. And also, like, kissing... You telling me that you kissed Halsey's picture on your phone. You do some weird shit in the shower. I can almost guarantee it. It's not that weird. It's just I... I bet you're not even aware of how weird it gets. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think when you are just yourself, alone with yourself, you're not aware, like, oh, this would be weird if someone saw it. And I think we're all like that. Yeah. No, no. The thoughts get weird. Like, I'm, I have Letterman come to my house in Wyoming because I'm so rich at that point. And he's like, you know, I never do an interview outside of the studio. And I was like, well, you know, that's what I wanted. And Imagining that for you, though, doesn't that seem as far off a possibility as you being an NBA player? I mean, like, that to me just sounds, just feels like a fantasy that you might as well be imagining, like... Uh, you're having dinner with a dead person as the chances of that happening. So you've done late night a lot. Yes. Can you pretend, can we run through a scenario where you're the late night host 
and I'm a guest just to prepare me for when my big moment happens. Yeah, well, here's a thing I got to say, though. Prior to doing late night appearances, and I've only done the couch for, like, Conan. It's called panel in the industry. Are you doing stand-up or are you doing panel? Panel. So panel, when you're doing the couch segment, they it's highly produced. So they just ask you what you want to talk about, and then you have jokes for everything they could ask you. So we this we can't really organically do that. But it's nice that the people know that now, that it's all bits and that there's no... I will say, though there totally is, there's places for it to go there, but, and it has gone there for me every time, I usually derail from what I'm planning on doing every time, like, when I, my thing that I'm most, like, known for from Conan was, like, standing up and talking about my vagina, and I did not intend to even do that joke, let alone stand up and, like, demonstrate it, so, stuff can go off the rails, I don't think Drew Barrymore, maybe she did plan on, like, flashing Letterman, that was so hot. She did? She showed his, her tits? I've never You've never seen, seen that? Oh. It's his birthday. She's like 20. And she's dancing on his desk. And she just decides to like lift up her little shirt and flash him. And it's a perfect shot. The shot that they used is from her right side. She's facing Letterman on his desk, standing up. And the shot they used, they did it like slow-mo. And like it totally blocks her nipple. Her arm blocks her nipple perfectly. It was just, it's like a beautiful TV moment. And he's just like stunned. It's really cool. I mean that. Do you want to pull it up and watch it? Yeah, it's a it's an iconic moment. I'm trying to think of other moments from like, what what do you think about when you think of Letterman? Like, what's your favorite memories of his show? Because why are you fantasizing about him coming? You must love him so much. I don't. That's the weird thing. What? Yeah, I'm not even that big of a fan. So you just think Letterman? That's why you think that could happen? Is because you don't even realize how fucking cool Letterman is and how he would never ever go to your farm in Wyoming there's nothing you could do between now and then on this godly earth that would warrant David Letterman flying to your farm in Wyoming in fairness in fairness what? his show on on Netflix he does go to the hometown of the people like he's had you know Jay Z uh huh what are you gonna do Obama perhaps uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, things like that. Yeah, I'm sure, but not you. Nothing you can do. If you haven't done it yet, you're not. No offense. You can get you can get famous, but Letterman's never gonna respect you, like in that way that he's gonna fly to Wyoming. And me either. In fairness, <laughs> he would. There's more. There's more of a chance now than when he wasn't going off. Leaving his studio, but yeah, I mean, there's a to, there's a show that that does happen, but for you, stylist, you what? Me and Letterman have the same hairstylist. Okay, so that's hilarious because if you've seen Letterman as of late, he has not like done anything to his hair in so long. No, his beard is long. His hair just got tight. He tell he yells at the guy not to touch his beard. He and doesn't. Yeah. Does he come in, into the city from Connecticut or wherever he lives? Wherever, yeah, wherever he's from, he comes in to get a cut. Have you ever been there the same day as Letterman? No, no. I I went in when some big football player went before me. Uh, Jesse, fuck, I can't remember. How did you remember, or how did you know to go to this guy? I just went in there. They gave me him. I didn't know it was Letterman's guy. It wasn't like I was stalking Letterman and found out that his hairstylist is a fellow barber in Soho named Franco. Okay, watch Drew Barrymore. Is this it? I mean, that is the top one. The top one. Wait, it's nine minutes long. 
Just get to her flashing. Let's do it. Oh, here she goes. She's standing up on the desk. She's doing a little uh, booty shake to and fro. She has really super short hair. She, oh, this is where, and she flashed him. It's very quick. But wasn't that a perfect angle? She looks amazing. Look at him. You want to do any commentary since this is radio? Uh, wow. What big tits. <laughs> no, but for real, she has an incredible body. She looks like a skater punk. He. She looks like she's right out of Delia's catalog. Girls, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is she was the big she was one of the biggest actresses on earth. I mean, ET, and now showing her tits. And now she's just like a makeup guru that talks to like girls about their beauty regimen on Instagram. Like she's had so many different phases. Yeah, but don't you think that's not a choice? Like she'd rather be an actress, don't you think? Like, no, I think she's. I mean, I I think she's still viable as a box office success I would go see stuff that she does but you know I'm not being very empathetic and assuming that other people might not want to see it but I feel like a lot of women actresses need to like turn their fame into a lifestyle because they don't get offered the roles like men they keep acting mostly I I don't know maybe they have to I can't think of a man though that made a lifestyle like and and sold products after being a huge famous actor or had to Huh. I mean, I guess I don't. What other women are doing it? Gwyneth Paltrow does it. Oh yeah, but that's a beauty brand. I mean, she's a billionaire because of it. I think there's a ton more money to be made in beauty products than there are in the film. And in fact, I'm positive of it. I mean, that's why Kylie's a billionaire. Did you see Tim Dillon on uh, David Spade's Lights Out? Now that he talks so much shit about Kylie Jenner. He just was talking about. Um, he was just so fucking funny. He was on with Wayne Brady and Lauren Lapkus. And Lauren Lapkus is so funny. And you could tell that she'd never even, like, yeah. seen Tim Dillon. So she was just like, holy shit. Like, because he was just going hard with, like, Epstein material. And, like, uh, it's worth a watch if you check out uh, Lights Out with David Spade. Watch Tim Dillon. And Lauren was super funny. And Wayne is just, you know, there trying his best. But uh, Tim killed it. And, and Lauren did too It was a really good pan I'm doing that show next week So I was watching it Spade was loving it too Like a lot of his lines Like they They were so dark And fucked up That they wouldn't get him For a second He was talking about Um I, I guess there are a bunch of strippers That are gonna go to the Area 51 Like Thing You know The storming Area 51 There's a lot, bunch of strippers Signed up And uh Tim made a comparison To strippers uh, being like aliens because their kids have no confirmation they exist <laughs> and they only read about they only see them online like it was it was so funny but uh he killed it it was a really Dead good show field. that show's really good uh lights out with david spade i'm gonna be on it next uh wednesday so mark your tivos uh wednesday the 21st i believe it'll air that night but uh andrew are you gonna come with me yeah, I should be on it, probably. I'll probably make an appearance quickly. I don't think that's even a possibility. Again, it's maybe as likely as D- David Letterman coming to your farm in Wyoming. I mean, do you really have an interview with yourself ever? Yeah, I have, and it's gone well. They usually go well. I, I'll do a podcast, like when I was going to be on Segura. I ran through that a few times. Like, Did that help? Uh, yeah, I actually went very similar to how I thought it would go. 
I mean, I'm pretty good at knowing what someone's going to ask me and where, and I lead it, you know, to where I want it to go. But I do think though that like you can overthink it and then you're not present when you're getting interviewed and you just want to spill out your story. I agree. I like, I'm thinking about if I do Rogan again yeah, or if I do Stern, how I'd handle those moments because with Rogan the first time I knew what a big deal it was, but I just, I truly didn't know. Did, I knew, but I didn't know. And so now I know the magnitude of that appearance and, like, how many people see that, how many people watch it and remember things you said on that and, like, that will follow you forever. And, um, but I want to do it again. But I, I, I think I'd have to do it, like, just, like, and not think about it too much. That's how I go into those things. I, I go on the side of no prep. Well, I go on the side of, like, I want people to think I'm interesting, so then I have, like, four stories that I know that are... You're right. That's the right way to do it. You think? Because I think, though, I should be able to trust that I'll be interesting in conversation, and stories will come up. I have thousands of stories in my head. Yeah, the only thing that I would worry for you about over-preparation is that you launch into things before your a natural place yeah. comes for them, because you're so excited to get it out and remember it and do it. Like the, the famous instance of you in West Palm Beach. Andrew's from there originally. I'm, I apologize if I'm repeating this story, but Andrew's from near there. And um, a, what happened? A buddy that you knew was coming to the show texted you from the front row. And he's like, dude, this girl is here that we went to high school with. And she's a girl that you like fingered. No, I, well, I didn't finger her. She wouldn't let me finger her. But I went to homecoming with her. I was a junior and she was a freshman. Her name was, well, I shouldn't say her name. But we didn't. We never even hooked up. We might have kissed. and uh, But she's cute and she was nice. And I remember I showed up to homecoming and her hair, she did a perm. And it was like an electric sock. Like it looked, she was six feet taller. <laughs> Oh, no. Was, and you were tiny back then, right? Yeah. I mean, it was worse than heels. I was like, you got to lose one. You got to either shave your head or take your shoes off. God, I went to friendship dance, which is like a homecoming for us, with the shortest guy in our school that ev- the shortest guy that ever was around that wasn't a little person that I knew. And it and I wore heels, too. I was like, fuck it. And I think I was probably like five, six, seven at the time. It was freshman year. Um. Yeah, and I'm sure... Friendship Dance? That's the name of it? That was the name of it. He was popular, too. He was just, like, the shortest popular guy. I was so excited. Do you ask them? Do you ask them, or...? No, I waited to be asked. Man, I was, like, following the rules back then. I waited for guys to ask me. I wasn't pursuing shit, and everyone wanted it. No, they didn't. They didn't. He prefaced it with, hey, look, I'm just taking you as a friend. No, 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 it wasn't that. It it was just called that, but it wasn't that. It literally, the friendship part meant nothing to any of us. Like, that wasn't... When you slow danced, did he put his head on your bosom? No, I think he... No. I was very... (laughs) The same way I am now with men. Like, very stiff and, like, awkward. Like, I didn't want to... Oh, baby deer. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at all the deer. Look at all the deer. There's, like, a whole fucking family. Oh, boy. Maybe they're smart enough to know. Anyway, um... Yeah, I no, I I was not like leaning on boys. I was watching people on the dances like grinding on each other, and I couldn't comprehend it. I was just like, "How do you even do that?" And even now, I'm like so uncomfortable with it. But um, have you ever put your leg 
in between a guy's leg, like daring, like R, like R. Kelly or whatever. Like during a dance? No, yeah. never in a never Have I ever backed your ass up into a dick. Like probably when I was blackout drunk, like in college at frat parties. Yeah. <laughs> One time, my friend Mike Michael. Uh, a, Told me I was blackout and we were da- we would used to like have dance parties with me and my friend Michael and Scott when I moved back to St. Louis. I just hung out with these two guys that I was friends with in high school. Every single night we got we would just get blackout drunk and watch watch videos. It was around the time that that he's hiding in your windows, he's knocking your children up. So you need to hide your kids, hide uh, your wife, hide your kids, I hide. Those guys. Oh my God, the Gregory Brothers, yeah. they're brilliant. Anyway, that song we used to listen to all the time. It's a really good song. Uh, Cause he's raping everybody out there. You ain't got to come and confess. We're looking for you. We gon' find you. We gon' find you so you can run and tell that. Run and tell that. Run and tell that. Home, good. Home, 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 boy. Okay, anyway, so yeah. I love picturing you just grinding with no, but Mike, Mike was my friend and he told me that I once grabbed his dick while we were grinding and I was like I can't imagine I'd do that but I used to be so fucking wild when I drank like I would do things that I go why would I ever say that whatever like totally out of character for me not even like oh she really wants to but like stuff that I'm like ew so where were you grinding at? At the bar? And no, the like at, when we were, we would hang out at their apartment and just like go while out, while out, man. What? No one does that. That's not where people grind. No, when you are fucking drunk and you're with your two friends and you're just like dancing and having fun. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. We used to have dance parties and we would just watch Parks and Rec dance parties. Are you going to be okay? I just can't get over how much of a dork you are. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't dorks. We were cool. I swear to God, no. We were cool. I don't know if you we were. a cool thing other than stand-up. Other than your job. Like, out in the real world, have you ever been, like, cool? Have you, um, ever, have you ever, like... I honestly think that's cool. I, like, will not... This was you guys watching <laughs> Parks and Rec grinding in a kitchen. No, we would just like da- we were dancing like joyously to music, and I think at one point it got sexual with me and Mike because I was wasted, and thank God it didn't go anywhere from there. But he was like, the next morning he was like, Nikki, you grabbed my dick last night. I was like, No, I didn't. He's like, I swear to you, I you did. So that was when I was like, Uh oh, Glaze has got to stop drinking because. I'm making weird choices. What else did I... Oh, the first time I ever drank, I realized, like, I did things that were out of character because I told this girl over and over how much I loved her in terms of, like, friendship. I was like, we need to hang out more. I love you. And the next day, that's all I remembered was telling that girl how much I loved her. And I was like, I hate her. I'm actually a liar when I drink. And that is almost more scary to me than someone who tells the truth. I'm with you on that. I remember grinding... And you would grind, and I'd be in a bar in, in West Palm Beach, and a random guy would be on the girl's butt. I didn't know the guy. And I'd be in front. So we'd be dancing. Whoa, you'd be, like, sandwiching this bitch. Yeah, sandwiching a bitch and just looking at him in his eyes. <laughs> like, the girl might have not even been there. Oh, my <laughs> God. She could have, like, slipped out, and yeah. then you're just rubbing on each other. Yeah, but I just... <laughs> just the way you like it. Yeah, can we get rid of her? <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. It's almost like uh, the Night at the Roxbury guys that would just, like, bump and then uh, eventually... Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much... The girl would, like, bump out of the frame. That was always so fucking funny. 
Um, yeah. Okay, so you knew this girl was going to be in the front row from oh, yeah. Homecoming, and you were pacing around backstage and, like, doing the flicky thing with your hands that, um, to, like, when you get nervous, and you you were testing out material with me. I forget what you were even saying. You were like, did I... F- you were just... You were testing out bits. You were worried. You needed to address it. Yeah, yeah. It was the elephant in the room, man, that no one knew. Yeah, no one knew except for me and you, and... I don't, I don't know. I don't like when people from my past sit in front row. Like, if you're going to come to a show and you know the person from a while ago, go, like, sit 20 rows back. Yeah, oh. my friend Jamie Parks was in the front row the other night. She's a listener to the show. She's a huge fan of the show. But she's also one of my friends that I worked with on Nikki and Sarah. She's one of the funniest people I know. She has a tattoo that says YOLO on her foot. And she got it when the YOLO craze was, like, first popping off. <laughs> But it, it was almost immediately regretful. Like, yeah, I think the yeah. next day, it was uh, it was a joke. You know what I mean? Like, YOLO was cool for maybe an afternoon. It was never cool. I mean, yeah, but... As long, when I found out about it, it was already not cool. Yeah. Like, Hot Girl Summer. I missed it. The irony is just... It's so rich. It's so funny. Anyway, she's coming tonight to the show. But she was there the other night, and she f- sat front row. And I was just, like, tired and not good. And um and I just felt so bad because I'm like oh my god she like I, I just when if it was just a normal audience that I didn't like know personally I wouldn't I'd just be like oh they don't know what I'm capable of but I felt like she knew or had some kind of expectation and I failed it that's the thing expectations when or you know they have an idea of how funny you're gonna be usually. It ends up, it's all in our head, and they come up to you and like, actually, you were way better than I ever thought you would be. Yes. Also, that's a, that's not a compliment because then you thought, but may, I mean, look, I didn't give myself, uh, I didn't do myself any justice. Yeah, no one thinks you're going to be a good stand-up, but you are. And that, isn't that fun? <laughs> it is, but not like, I, I guess. I guess like. How are people supposed to know you're good at stand-up? Know, that you take me on the road that they should have an understanding that I've done this for 10 years that I'm probably pretty much a pro- why would they know that do you have a Wikipedia page that says I've been doing this for 10 years no one knows anything about you yeah. do you offer up that information anywhere for people to read and like find out about you no but they know I've done it for a long time now yeah I mean they they should trust based on the fact that I'm bringing you out that you're funny but I don't think anyone should know you've been doing it 10 years yeah. No one would. Anya didn't know it. She's one of your g- good friends, I would say. I, I'm, I'm just saying, though, that how I acted when I was drunk and I was not, I didn't take anything seriously. They probably, you know, stand up, you still have to take seriously. Oh, your friends don't think yeah. you're going to be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They think I could be funny, but just not structured and have like a point or have like right. well written jokes. Right, right. You're know. back to the well written jokes. Wow, we've come full circle. Didn't we talk about that yesterday on the pod? Oh, I think we did. Uh, we're at the show. We got to go. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. And uh, come see me in New Jersey at the Stress Factory. Can you say what happened with Sarita? So right when I got on stage, oh, I just go, uh, hey, we went to homecoming together before I addressed the crowd. He didn't even say hello to the crowd, you guys. He gets on stage and he's so nervous about what he's going to say to this girl that he literally just grabs the microphone and goes, hey, we went to homecoming together. Did I figure? And then he did his joke that no one could even process anything of what was happening. And it was just, it bombed so wildly. <laughs> it was such a hole to dig himself out of. Thank you so much. That, uh, what? What happened? Oh, my makeup. Jesus Christ. My face. I almost left my face in the car. Thank you so much, sir. 
That would have been a tragic event. Hold on. Um, okay, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I'm walking in right now, and I have to text the manager so I can go in the back entrance because otherwise I have to walk through the showroom, and I don't want people to see how much how shitty I look before a set. I want to be very impressive when I come out on stage. Come see me in New Jersey. Come see me in uh, Jacksonville next weekend. Uh, squirt, squirt, and yeah. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.